Hello and welcome back to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm George, joined with Anna, Scott, and Seth, and we're glad uh, that you're all listening. And today we're once again um, jumping into another one of these episodes, one of these days on Scott's book, The Journey of Transformation, and what it means just to open our lives to live more whole and free and more joyfully. And today's topic is uh, freedom to let go. Um, We're going to get to that in just a moment, but this day starts off with a word that maybe some of us would hear and go, that's not me. I don't need that. (laughs) And uh, Scott, you have helped expand the concept of this word in my own journey, in my own life. And so the word is this, it's sobriety. What is the quality of our sobriety? Before we can ever talk about freedom to let go, um, we need to define this a little more broadly because I know me, when, I, when I've heard that word in the past, I just thought it was, you know, uh, sobriety from a couple things. But Scott, you've expanded this to include uh, much more than that. So what do you mean by uh, sobriety when, when you use that word? When we ask our participants or I ask myself, am I sober? Can, I, can we define our sobriety? It's when my reality is difficult, and I don't want to feel what, the feelings that are coming from that. And uh, what, where do I run away to when I don't want to experience my reality, when I don't want to feel it? Brene Brown talks about things that she goes mm. to to numb, to just kind of check out. And for many of us, we don't even know that emotionally we're not even sober. Um, it's just, it's, so it's, it, as we've always talked about it throughout the book, is that awareness is the beginning of change. And so am I aware of when I'm not wanting to deal with my reality, when I'm just wanting, and what is it that I turn to? Or where is, and so it says on the, on the one page that, are you, can you qualify your sobriety? Can you define it? Are you filled with regret, remorse, fear, shame? I mean, if these are parts of my life that are just running rampant over me. I'm not emotionally sober. And so, where are you? It's another, it's just a great question, again, of awareness. Where are you? Um, where are you going? Are you, are, is your reality something you just don't want to deal with? And these also are things that trigger, I think, the false self again, as we look at. And, uh, and so, if we don't know where we are, it's really hard to get on the path to, but to when freedom. When you're talking about sobriety, Scott, um, it's like we live in an addictive culture. And we're all addicts in, in a variety of different ways and, and in so many ways aren't even aware um, of how addicted we are or how um, great our need of sobriety is. So to find the freedom to let go, but yet to be totally unaware of the need for sobriety and just a culture of addictiveness and you know how we're bound in so many different ways by things maybe we wouldn't even call an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is a... Uh, it's a challenge for all of us. Well, so I, I, an example would be for me is like if if I don't like my reality and it's just creating great feelings of discomfort, and I so I'm going to turn to chasing a relationship, and, and because that's and and it, I just become obsessed with that because that is giving me some sense of of comfort escaping. The reality. And so what I'm doing, I'm not really willing to do the inner work that I need to do right now, face my my grief and to, and to really look within and see what is driving that response. But that's an example of, am I sober? 
you know, where am I? And so, yeah. And so, uh, sobriety expands to just some kind of physical dependency on yeah, alcohol I think or drugs. Large, our culture is very yeah. uh, addicted to just uh, distraction, right? And yeah. entertainment. Mm-hmm. We have the constant need to be entertained so that we don't have to feel, so that we don't have to think, so that we don't have to really take a hard look at what's going on in our inner worlds. So we just distract ourselves constantly outside of, yeah, whether that's just constant streams of entertainment Mm. with, you know, um, music and television or just like going and doing fun things or distracting ourselves with relationships like we are addicted and it isn't necessarily always substances that we are addicted to but we are addicted to numbing I think just in general I remember Scott when you first kind of posed this question uh, to me in a group that I was a part of years ago like I like I, I became aware of like my sobriety is like my addiction to please people Mm-hmm. And like I was, wow, just like how trapped and captive I, I am to that. And um, that was just like an unbelievable awakening in my heart of, of going, wow, like you need sobriety just as much as anyone else. And so uh, that was really helpful on, on my journey to begin to think about that. Um, Seth, you, you have uh, just some thoughts on this on how sobriety is – emotional process too. Yeah. Um, um, I, w- I was thinking about this word sobriety and as we've already addressed, you know, how it can feel a little like you n- initially said in the beginning, well, that's not me. Cause I don't, I don't struggle with the kinds of things that you associate with that word. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I was just thinking about another word that I've also, um, heard in relation to, uh, actually, the Enneagram Type 7, if anybody's familiar with the Enneagram, um, because their They're mind the fun people, tends right? to be... They're the fun people, Yes, <laughs> yes. But but it's it's the overdoing of fun oh. that is the insatiable need for all the things, right? Yeah. Um, which everyone's mind can do that. It's just their mind is the most practiced at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this word for for what it means to be here, to stay here and to not be distracted by all the exciting stimulations, mm. is constancy. Mm. And uh, I looked up the definition of it, and it's just simply the quality of being faithful and dependable to what is right here, right now, which includes, like, um, the, like we've been talking about, the uncomfortable emotion that can come up, whatever, you know, historical thing that is being named by my surroundings that I usually don't like to deal with because it's, you know, brings up that overwhelming feeling from the past or whatever. So, yeah, I'm just thinking about this quality of sobriety or constancy as um, growing my conscious relationship with my patterns. Mm. So for me, it's like, do I have them or do they have me? Mm. Right? I think I think that that is like, if I'm sober or not, expanding that definition. Do I have my patterns or do my patterns have me? And how how, what's the quality of my relationship with my patterns? Yeah. Am I choosing to recognize them and choose a different option or do they, or am I not at all aware that they are running the show today? Wow. I think that is key is the awareness, which it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Like if we are not sober in the, in the uh, sense of the word that we're constantly being, diverted right we're constantly being entertained and we don't have time to really 
uh, reflect and look inward, then we have all of these response mechanisms, these patterns that we are completely unaware of. Um, And it takes sobriety, I think, to grow your sobriety, right? It takes a little bit of um, stopping, getting off that hamster wheel, taking some time to reflect inward. By the way, searching inward would be an awesome name for a podcast. It's what we need to do. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure Scott got that. I don't think he even knows what our podcast is called. (laughs) Journey inward, right? Journey inward, yeah. Um, so then, you know, when, when you, when you stop and you look in and you really start to reflect on your, your patterns mm-hmm. then, and you notice them and you're aware of them, that awareness then gives you the option to say, Hey, do I have patterns or do my patterns have me? Because until mm-hmm. we're aware mm-hmm. of them, our patterns will always have us a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. But yeah. until we stop and reflect, um, and really begin to make sense of why do I do the things that I do? Why do I respond this way? What is driving this? Then we can make a choice. And, um, you know, our patterns are often coping mechanisms and we need coping mechanisms because life is hard and we have to cope with it, right? So coping mechanisms and seeking comfort in and of itself isn't always bad, but when those coping mechanisms have you um, and you're not able to control them, then that's when it's problematic. So awareness brings mm-hmm. the capability and the capacity for choice that you know you go to a certain something to cope, but when you're aware of it, you can make the choice, right? Maybe I need this for my comfort right now, or maybe I don't, and I have the power to yeah. choose because I'm aware. Right, but you, I'm totally with you. And this, like, this qualifies why coping is a good thing sometimes. And but you but you're not able to make that choice if you're not aware of how this can be sometimes a downfall for you. But right now, you know what? It's it's okay because I feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and everybody gets overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah. Um, and what you were saying also reminded me of William James talking about how something like um, we're all put on this earth. Um, for a little while to learn how to bear the beams of love. Mm. Or as uh, I think Chip Dodd talks about learning how to receive and bear life on life's terms. Wow. And I think that's what it means to be practice constancy or sobriety is, is I'm feeling the thing that comes up right now in this moment and I'm not going to get pulled to my normal uh, pattern or, or habit of coping. Mm. I'm going to feel it, bear it, process it, digest it. And uh, now I'm expanded because of that. That's, to me, that's like largely how you grow. And I'm... Right? Is you feel the thing. I'm just starting to make the connection now. I'm just hearing you guys talk that sobriety is knowing what it is we need freedom from. I mean, you guys are talking about something has us and not has us in a a secure, safe way. It's something that has us that's um, hindering our growth or hindering our ability to live more freely. And so, Scott, this is this is where the connection comes. Like, this day is freedom to let go. And if we don't know what we have the freedom to let go of, um, which is our sobriety, then we miss the whole point of this day, right? Yeah, and, then we, and we expand a little bit of this chapter on the motivations for those changes. Is it is it an internal drive? Is it intrinsic? Or is it just... I'm just trying to avoid the consequences of the pressure mm-hmm. extrinsically. 
And so, do you talk about that a little know, bit? Because uh, yeah. you, 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 I mean, like the the intrinsic motivation is I want to change, right? And mm-hmm. extrinsic motivation is I'm changing from for because of some kind of extrinsic result that I hope for. And it's not that that's bad, but what you say is that if you just have extrinsic motivation, um, that's not going to sustain you on the journey of transformation, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. I mean, that, that really is it. Most of us, if we're all honest, all of us initiate our efforts to change extrinsically driven. You know, mm-hmm. we're dealing with consequences and pressure and and the pain of, of some th- things that we struggle with. But in that journey, if we're willing to go inward, because what I have seen is I've seen people who are not acting out anymore, but they're really not sober. Mm-hmm. Sobriety for me has a much broader definition. It's a very spiritual word for me. It mm-hmm. means that intrinsically, I want to be a different person. And, and, and this is not, and this person here is not free. You cannot be acting out and not be free. Yeah. So and and some so, of the some of that not being free, you're talking things like regret, um, right. re, uh, resentment, what shame, shame, anxiety. So there's this yeah. inter- inner freedom that we've not experienced yet, even though we're experiencing some of the outer freedom from some of the results of our choices. I remember one time I was in the prison in Belize working with the, the prisoners, inmates who were doing Journey of Freedom. And there was one guy who was, um, he was in there for like 30 years, and he was he'd become a facilitator for us. And he and I were sitting there working through this process together, this very topic. And he said to me that um, he was more free in this prison than he ever was out there when he was when he was addicted to all this stuff and chasing all those things and i and i realized that sitting in front of me i'm, I'm going to walk out of this prison i have the liberty to walk out here free and he can't but in many ways he was more interiorly free than i was hmm. and frankel talks about that in when he was in auschwitz and yeah the prison guards the german guards had more liberties than he did but frankel felt that he had more inner freedom than they had and so just because we're not acting out of our attachments and our obsessions does not mean we're really free at all. So sobriety, so sobriety would be then looking at our inner freedom of like, ex- so exactly. it would be like regret. I have, I have this regret and it's got a hold of me. I have mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. And how do we, and I know you say, it's realizing that you want to change that that is the beginning of the kind of sustainable transformation that we're talking about. Yeah, you know, that's the first question that we started with. How do you define your sobriety? What I'm really trying to say is, are you really free? Hmm. Are you really free? Or are you just still being controlled by these things? And uh, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult inner view but I, and I again I think it's one you can't make alone but with the help of others um, because w- that's what we talk about in group the universality of hearing other people sharing their stories all of a sudden I say oh my gosh th- that's that's it me that's 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 the path I want too so I don't know if that's helpful but intrinsic motivation to me is everything am I really being driven by a spiritual awakening in me of freedom? 
I'm coming home to my true self, or am I just still trying to avoid pain and discomfort? And how much am I controlled by my ego? And my ego is attached to the systemic views of the world that I've lived in and the systems that I've conf I'm conformed to. That I, I, I just love that verse, do not conform to the patterns of this world. And this is a huge struggle of mine. What I've come to believe from the world's messages that I'm not in freedom to because I feel like I fall short, I fall short, I fall short. No, and but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the renewing of my mind is setting it free to where I come home to, you know what? I love me with all my warts, all my mistakes, all my weaknesses. This is, this guy's okay. This guy, or he's going to be okay. <laughs> I love that. Like, it's hard to, um, it's hard to really become our more authentic self if we don't love ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if we're not, more deeply in touch with the best parts of us that are are forming. So that could sound that could sound really like um, self centered, but when you think about it, you you can't make a beautiful contribution to the world if you don't think you have something beautiful within you to to, to share with others. So it's actually a, a very sharing and life giving and other centered kind of process that we can enter into. So, but I love that. So Anna challenged us as we were preparing this episode to um, put some skin in the game, mm. right? Um, on Not just talking about concepts here, but what does this actually look like personally, sobriety? Um, and this isn't like my inability to keep my garage clean. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it is, I think, actually covert initially. Uh, in nature, especially like, cause, cause right. You can have behaviors, dysfunctional behaviors that are really obvious, right? There's a, this is on a spectrum to like really obvious dysfunctional behaviors, like over drinking or, or drug use or pornography to, I'm not aware of my thought life at all. Um, and that can be driving a lot of, um, unwanted behavior or, or the way that we show up in the world. And, and so I'll just say like, one of the most covert habits that I have is my thought life. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, it, it largely has to do with how am I in relationship with others? How am I in relationship to others? Like, am I okay uh, or not based on how I'm being perceived? And it is a lot, have, it has a lot to do with like how I'm feeling inferior or, or superior when I'm around other people. That is like a consistent flavoring of my thoughts. So like if if I'm at the gym uh, and I'm on the treadmill, I have, you know, just more awareness of everybody in the room and I'm thinking, oh, that guy's looking at me. What does that mean? And this is, I'm maybe I should be running faster because this guy over here is at this speed. And, mm -hmm. oh, I hope he doesn't look at, well, maybe my form isn't. And then I'm like, what am I, why am I thinking? I'm, am I, I'm so much on what other people are thinking of me and how I'm feeling inferior right now. Or I can vacillate between that and um, I ran eight miles yesterday, but that person over there has, can't do that long. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. You're right. Um, this person over here couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like that that mm -hmm. thought life is happening yeah. all the time. And if I'm not aware of it, like what kind of person can that produce in the world behaviorally? Like if I'm not aware of those thoughts and those are, your thoughts are so covert until you start to address them and become aware of them. 
But those are also, there's usually underneath those is emotions, right? Like I'm feeling some level of maybe loneliness that's producing these kinds of thoughts, you know? Uh, so, so for me, uh, I've just been trying to do more work around the way that my thought life shows up in inferior and superior ways. And thank you, Seth. Uh, very insightful and vulnerable at the gym yeah. and running. Well I just had done, this friend. vision Thanks of you for putting yourself out there. <laughs> I had this vision of you asking people around you, "How fast are you going?" And you ticking up <laughs> your speed. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I have heard that the human ego, like it like the two places that it goes without any awareness is to superiority and separateness. You know, uh, how, how do we, you know, come back to universality that we're not as separate as, as we think we are, and we don't need to be more superior than others than to, to find ourselves and, you know, to find a healthy pace for us. So, yeah, totally. I think this, the separate self is unaware thoughts. Mm. Yep. We're starting to see the connection now. Um, the sobriety is for all of us. Yeah, all of us. Absolutely true. What does what does true inner freedom feel like? Um, mm. When when we are paying attention to, yeah, there's the external things that we're we're motivated by, and we're growing in the awareness that those can't sustain us the whole way. And now to Seth's point. Um, more in touch with some of the inner thought life that I have. And I've got, I've got regret. I got resentment. I've got shame. I've got, you know, I'm filled with anxiety. What, what does it mean to, to find inner freedom from that? And what, what do we have in our toolbox guys that, you know, we're experiencing to, to help us experience more of that inner freedom? Yeah. I think it would be good for our listeners to just, uh, ask, ask themselves, now that we've defined sobriety, what is it that's keeping you from it? Mm. And what's keeping you from experiencing life on life's terms instead of running from it or avoiding certain emotions? What's keeping you from your sobriety? The question I think that our listeners would want to to wrestle with or reflect on is, do I really feel free? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what is occupying my obsessions? You know, and the answer to me, if it doesn't lead to love of self, then it's, it's, it's an obsession. You know, the more and more I get into my sobriety, the more sober I become, the more I love myself just as I am. And, it's, and that's the place that God really meets me. It's a very spiritual journey for me. It's a very spiritual, sacred space. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay with my flaws, with my mistakes, with my weaknesses. My place in this world is okay, just as I am. And, uh, and I'm, I just find that the, the, the spiritual journey is a lessening and lessening of the ego, the ego and all the definitions that have come through my you know, my lifetime of being shaped to conform to the patterns of this world. Um, that's a, so for our listeners, uh, that's a great, do you feel good? Do you feel this love for yourself and that, that you are loved and you're needed and you're, you're appreciated and you have a meaning and purpose on this world? Um, despite all these things that have influenced you, 
because that's what I see in our groups. They bring their human condition, and and they they're not even aware of the things that um, are they're being captured by. So that that's why we call this searching inward. This podcast that that, that inner journey to freedom, the journey to freedom. Mm. I was feeling that when you were saying that, Scott. Like for me. The, the toolbox I need to go to is loving myself, but it's freeing myself from the idealized self that, oh. you know, that we, it's hard to love the idealized self because you never can arrive at it, mm-hmm. which means you can never fully uh, love it. And I think the invitation of freedom in this day is that we must trust that God will fill the void uh, of our lives that was once filled by the idealized self image. And yeah, I think that, it's so important to be present to where mm. we are. That is the sobriety. Are we present to who we are right now, where we are right now, unconditionally? Mm. Be able yeah. to feel the feels, the good ones, the bad ones, and not run from them, but just to sit with it and be there. And I, I find God to be the perfect companion for that inner journey mm. home inward. You know, I created you. I made you. And you, and you're, you're you're loved unconditionally, like Anna was saying. The most and I, again, and again, I think that's something that people experience in our groups, that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. When we're when we're being fully known, when we're exposing ourselves. And to fall into that companionship and that mm-hmm. kind of love uh, is a wide open space of possibility, uh, I think. But it is it, it is something that is deepened over time and that you can learn to, to trust more deeply. And to your, to your, to your guys point, it's really hard to experience that in isolation or, you know, just you in your bedroom or in your car. It's like you, you need others to experience that. That can be a mirror of that kind of companionship and that kind of love Mm -hmm. and, and grace. Um, just anyone, one, one final word, one final thought before we wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about the the title of this uh, this chapter and how, at least how I've found myself finding the freedom to let go was when it hit me that I think the universe is rigged for wholeness. Hmm. Like I think the way the whole thing's set up is that we're moving toward increasing, expanding love. Mm -hmm. And I think we can get on board with that or not, you know, our refusal or our acceptance of it. Because it's all this pain that we go through to in the process of letting go of things we've clung to, cling to, clung to, is clung a word? I don't know. Um, you just is, it up if it isn't, but yeah. <laughs> is for the sake of us becoming more whole, you know? it's It's not the end goal of just pain and living in that. Uh, it looks and feels like that initially because of of how long we've swam in our, you know, patterns. But yeah, I, I'm just I'm convinced at this point that the the universe is rigged mm. for for wholeness, our wholeness for and for love. And growth. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like to say we're all getting help, <laughs> and sometimes we're more aware of it and how it's guiding us, friends. Um, yeah, this is. A deeper conversation than what we can cover in uh, one podcast episode. And I just know we, we probably 
all have a variety of different issues on embracing this word sobriety and what it means to live more free and what it means to let go. But I'd love to just leave us with a a blessing today. Um, It comes from St. Paul uh, out of the scriptures um, in uh, 1 Thessalonians. But it goes like this. May the God of peace make you whole and holy. And may you be kept safe in body, heart, and mind, thus ready for the presence. God has called you and will not fail you. So friends, whatever uh, that word God means to you, um, the universe, your higher power, um, we can name just a plethora of things. Um, we are truly getting help, and you're not alone on this journey. You have friends at Restore, so please visit us at restoresmallgroups.org. Uh, you can find out the different resources that we have there. Scott has a bunch of different books that can help us on this journey. Um, but also we have groups that you can join. Uh, so please check out that. Visit us there. And just know this, you're loved, and you truly are not alone. There are others that... Uh, you're being guided to, um, to help support you, to help you rise up, to help you live more free. And I I think you could trust that no matter where you find yourself today. Well, remember this over every mountain, there is a path and the future rewards those who discover it and press on. So stay on the path and take care friends. Hey, it's George. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Searching Inward podcast. If you've enjoyed listening or have benefited in any way from the podcast, we would love for you to come alongside and join us in the mission to bring hope and healing to the world. By considering becoming a monthly giver of even $5, you're making a huge impact in the ways we're able to serve. Please consider giving by going to restoresmallgroups.org backslash donate. Thanks.